It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you. Michael Pappas is back. Did you see that Colonel Steve missed you? Yeah, I did. I, I love you, Colonel Steve. Everyone loves Colonel Steve. Colonel Steve, 0-2 in the college football fantasy league. Man, don't call him out like that. What are you just doing? Saying. You can't say you love a guy and then just oh, I do love him. throw him under the bus like He's that. He's been chirping me lately, though. <laughs> That's true. You asked for it, to be the, fair. Uh, yeah, quick update, college football fantasy. There's three people that are 2-0, and three people that are 0-2, and, and everyone else is 1-1. All right. Sweet. I'm 1-1. Me too. Yeah. So Auburn defeating Tulane. And, you know, it's so interesting how divided the fan base is as far as their perception and the response to what they saw from this Auburn team when they took on Tulane. A lot of folks mm-hmm. just happy, okay, it's a win. That's kind of the Malzahn's approach to it. It's like, all right, obviously you can get better, but you're 2-0. You're yeah. Right, exactly. And then the other is, you know, the sky is falling. The yeah. offense isn't perfect with a freshman quarterback. And, you know, this feeling that they should beat Tulane by a lot. And to be fair, I thought they would beat Tulane by more. I think Tulane was a better team than I thought. And I also thought the offense would be able to overpower them, and they they weren't able to. That defensive line for Tulane was actually pretty good. So, Yeah, that's what the guy, the, the guy Gary, that we talked to last week, I mean, that's what he said. He said these, these D linemen, he said there were a couple that were going to play on Sunday there are going to play on Sundays and, and that they were SEC caliber defensive linemen. I mean, these are things that we knew. Yeah. So I, I'm not – I'm more in the camp that I actually thought Auburn played rather well. And the defense uh, – I said it to Dan Peck of after the game on ESPN 106.7. We were watching the game together before we did the show, and I said before the game that uh, I, I thought holding Tulane to under 10 points should be the goal for the Auburn defense. And Dan thought that was actually a little bit too high of a bar. He he thought that it was going to be a much higher scoring game. And, you know, we heard the defense after say they wanted to hold Tulane to zero points. Yeah. They held him to six. I thought the defense played incredibly. Um, what they did on third down on defense yeah. was crazy. There were a couple potential big plays that uh, McMillan just missed. Um, which, I was impressed with him, too, by mm-hmm. the way. I liked what I saw with McMillan. You could tell he was an he SEC, was, former SEC guy. Yeah. He was good. He just – accuracy issues, yeah. yeah. I actually thought Auburn played rather well. The The offensive line struggled in the first half, which – The guards are bad. I mean, the interior offensive line is, is it's not good. Yeah, they're not great. And, you know, that then goes down to Malzahn and his coaching staff to, okay, you know your strengths and you know the weaknesses of your team. You're two games into it. You've got a much better idea of what this roster mm-hmm. looks like than two weeks ago you got to call around it. You have to scheme around it. In what ways can you call plays and put guys in situations to help your weakness and then kind of execute your strengths in a, uh, you know, against opposing defenses? And so right now I think you look at Auburn's tackles as strengths. I think mm-hmm. you look at the, their, their tight ends and their bigger guys on the inside as far as Spencer Nye and uh, John Samuel Shanker and J.J. Wilson. I, I think those guys are your strengths. And then, you know, I, I think especially if Seth Williams continues to, to miss some time, you know, he didn't play in the second half against Tulane, 
Yeah, Will Hastings seems to be okay, but I, I think depth is an issue. Yeah, have we heard anything about, about Will Hastings? I mean, he got his head taken off there. He spoke to media after the game, so I assume he's fine. Okay. I, don't, I don't think they would have put him out there if he had yeah. a concussion or something. Right. Uh, no, I mean, And they did say yeah. that uh, it looks like Seth has a shoulder injury and whatever. I mean, that's kind of what we expected. Dan and I, obviously not doctors, but... With the amount of football we've watched, it certainly looks like you it's can tell. I mean, a he, separated shoulder. That's what he reaches a, for when he when he falls down. Or a uh, a collarbone issue. Looked a little bit like the Nick Foles play, having a guy land on him, you know, full body weight on that shoulder. So that's that's definitely not ideal. He still caught it. Impressive catch. That's ideal. I mean, if you're going to get hurt, you might as well catch it. So, not the toughness there. Then, then really just kind of an unnecessary review after that. But, yeah, so... I think moving forward, I mean, this offense has to get better. I, I'm still not impressed with Whitlow. I'm really not impressed with any of the running backs right now. Bo Nix, I thought, grew up a little bit. He took care of the football. He was in some mm-hmm. unideal situations. And then he made a couple of throws that I think are actually kind of difficult, and he made them look very easy. Yeah. Um, if you follow me on Twitter yesterday, I put up a GIF thread, and uh, there were several throws on there that he made look easy. A couple were to Hastings. One was a check down to Whitlow, and it's just like, you know, it looks so routine, but a lot of college quarterbacks I don't think would have made that play with him throwing off of his back foot to avoid pressure or, you know, just a simple stop route and kind of throwing to the outside of the numbers to Hastings when he was standing in his own end zone. And there's just a few of those plays where I'm like, wow, Bo Nix, he looked a lot better than he did against Oregon, which some of that's expected, you know, from game one to game two, you're going to grow a good bit. Yep. Um, you're at home. And then also, I mean, Tulane isn't Oregon, but I do think Tulane was a better team than I originally thought. That, going into the week, I thought that uh, this game was going to end up being in the same conversation as a Kent State, as a, uh, a Samford. But just throughout the week, we talked about it on this podcast, that interview that we did, it, was very enlightening, I I think. I mean, I didn't even know that Tulane was an AAC team, to be honest with you. But now you do. Now I do. Uh, this was a good football team. They're going to win a lot of games in yeah. their conference. They're going to compete for their conference. I, I don't know if they can go up against the likes of Memphis and uh, um, Cincinnati and uh, UCF. I think they can, dude. I mean, they, they looked good in the trenches. They did look good in the trenches. They got bullied by the Auburn defensive line a couple times. Derek Brown had himself a day. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Marlon Davidson was defensive lineman of the week. I got the press release right here. Okay. I'm going to read the highlights. Holding two for for 15 on third down, uh, obviously a big thing. Uh, Four-year starter team captain Davidson helped limit Tulane to 103 passing yards and only 10 completions on 34 attempts in the number eight Tigers' 24-6 win. And the big thing is, and they were talking about on the lunch break when I was driving back into the office, the sacks number is still very low for this team, but the hurries and the just the constant pressure yeah. and the disruption of the offense, that's, I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, the sack numbers are low, but McMillan was obviously a very mobile quarterback, and Justin Herbert is a guy that is going to go in the first round. Like, that's not that he's surprising very, he's that very good. through these two games, the sack numbers are rather low. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. My biggest issue from the game isn't even the offensive line. It's okay. the punt coverage. It's awful. It's, it's terrible. It's so bad. It's really bad. And Gus said something about um, about the punting. It's like like Sipos is out kicking his coverage or something. But mm-hmm. like, and maybe that's true. But the fact that you're going to be like, hey, your punters, ki- the punters kicking the ball too far. Like, get faster gunners. Be be better. Like, 
I don't know. I'd rather you kick it out of bounds at this point. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, the punk coverage is brutal. Yeah, it's bad. It is bad. Hey, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. You know, Lee and I are going up to uh, Columbus. I'm going to the Ohio State-Michigan State game, and the Vivid Seats app made it a lot easier. I'm not going to lie to you. So download that and use promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Here's one. Here, here's my biggest issue with the game, and it's not a huge issue. But and you and I've talked about it. You may know where I'm going with mm-hmm. this. We haven't talked about this, but Anthony Schwartz playing one. He played way more than I thought he would. Played way more than I thought he should, and then both threw it to him on a deep seam. Yeah, and he should have caught it. But it's just, what did you get out of that? Yeah, was that I, worth it? Uh, yeah, Dan said the same thing right when it happened. Uh, Dan said that it would be the most Auburn thing that ever happened to get Anthony Schwartz re-injured on a meaningless play against Tulane. Uh, I, I get it. They're trying to like work him back in slowly, but I just I don't know. Can he catch the ball with his hand? The B writer said it was taped up. They said it. I guess it wasn't a soft cast this week like it was last week, but. I don't know. It looked it pretty. Seems, it looked pretty thick from from where I, I was. It, it it just. I find it hard to believe that he could effectively catch the ball, even if he was wearing just a thick glove or a padded glove or something. What's the upside of him playing? You get reps. You get game speed reps and all that. That's cool. But it, hold him out one more week. That's just bizarre to me. With Texas A and M being two weeks away, I just don't get it, man. I do not get it. but And then after that play, it was like, okay, well, they're definitely not going to throw him the ball because cu- clearly he can't catch it. Right. And I don't know how much he played after that, if I'm being 100% transparent. I haven't gone back to look at that. I have not either. So, I, I don't know. That's the kind of info and content you get here. Yeah. I just th- – that one was a question mark to me. But besides that, I'm, it was kind of the same story from the Auburn offense. They bullied Tulane in the second half, had, had their long – or longer, kind of methodical drives with the running back. You're much lower on Booby Whitlow than I am. Obviously, fumbling three times is, is not ideal. It's not good. But I, I'm not as concerned about that because he this isn't something that he has like a, a huge history of. He fumbled one time last year, and the whole the video of his mom making him do push-ups came out. Right. I, I'm not that worried about it. Everyone has you know bad days, but he still had a pretty good day. Twenty what was it? Twenty four carries, ninety six, ninety eight yards. And a touchdown? And it seems like a, a huge chunk of that came off of two runs out of the Wildcat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the touchdown take, did at least, yeah. If you take those two runs away, then it's like he actually had a pretty bad day. But I just I have a hard time seeing him creating his own space. And, you know, Malzahn likes to run it inside, that power running style. And it's going to be hard to do that when your guards are consistently getting beat. But... Still, the the guys that we've seen in the past that that struggled with offensive linemen in front of them, like Peyton Barber, Cameron Artis Payne, 
I mean, even carry on at times with the offensive line struggling, they were able to create their own space to some extent, not every play, but they were able to do it and break one every now and then, or at least, you know, find a way to get, you know, a 12 yard scamper from time to time. Mm -hmm. I just, I just wish we saw that more with Booby. I just don't think he's the same caliber back that we were, we're used to seeing at Auburn. And that may be true. And, you know, it's his, what, 14th, 15th game playing running back. So there is something to be said about that. But it seems like, I mean, one of the biggest losers from this week has to be the rest of the running back room. I mean, they obviously do not trust anyone else to carry the ball. Well, that was my thing is when he fumbled and then came back in and then he fumbled the second time and came back in or lost the fumble for the second time and came back in. I was looking kind of surprised that he was there. And then I'm like, well, who are they going to put in in that role? And Cam Martin's not that kind of guy. Now, I think Cam Martin's a great change of pace back in this Mm -hmm. situation. Same with Shivers. But, you know, then other than that, it's freshmen. And so it's just like, who's it going to be after that? Uh, And this game was one where you want to see some some depth being shown and everything. You know, they want to know what they've got coming out of a game like this. And and maybe – they just thought so highly of Tulane that they didn't think that the game was in hand until that last drive when Gatewood came in. But I don't know. I mean, you got to find someone to take the pressure off of Booby Whitlow. Man, so Lee and I went to our first Auburn game together, which is kind of funny. I just, something's always happened. So we finally were able to go to Auburn game together. And there was this girl sitting behind us. And this girl loved Sal Canella. She loved her some Sal Canella. Mm. And on every play. He had a catch. Yes, he did. And she told everybody about it. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not exaggerating. On every pass play, she was screaming, Sal is open. Sal is open. And those are including pass plays where he wasn't on the field. And it was the craziest thing, man. It was the craziest thing. And that's why I don't go to games that much anymore. Because it drives me crazy. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a Salcanella guy. I mean, you know that. But why do people do that? Why do people go to the games and do that? Well, it sounds like this was like Salcanella's sister or girlfriend or something. I think she wanted to be his girlfriend really, really bad. Like, really bad. <laughs> All right. That it? I don't really have much to say about Sal Canelo. I'm going to be honest. Okay. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Spencer and I had another incredible week. Yeah, you love Spencer and I. In one of the gifts that you put up, you were like, Spencer and I blocked two guys. I didn't see him block one, but it's fine. Interesting. The two guys that he touched, did they make the tackle? No, they didn't. Uh, I mean, okay. I guess I should say, like, it didn't look like he blocked them. It looked like he, like, kind of nudged them. I guess when you say block, I, I, I'm expecting him to like stone somebody cold, and that was just Man, like so, a, some of the best blocks in the world. Though all, I they, know. all you gotta do is just get in the way. Just enough. it's the same effect on the play, you know. All right, so Auburn was number ten. Now they are up two spots to number eight in the AP poll. I believe they're number nine now in the updated coaches poll. 
Do you think after two games in, does this Auburn team look like a top 10 team to you? Uh, the defense looks like it's a top 10 defense. Uh, the offense still has some work. I don't think they really look like a top 10 offense. But with a defense as good as the one that Auburn has, they might not need a top 10 offense, to be honest. Um, and it is worth noting that they've got the second best win in college football right now, and that goes a, that goes a long way. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think... And they played an AAC team. The AAC likes to boast themselves as like the sixth Power Five conference, although so does the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that game never was really in question. Auburn was in control of that game the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. D- despite Tulane scoring first, I, I, I do agree with you. All right, that it there too? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. And I guess you could also say they benefited from playing at the same time as the game of the week, LSU and Texas, right? I mean, m- many more eyes are, were going to be on that game. Oh, for sure. And you always got to take the AP poll with a grain of salt because, like, you know, we know the AP poll voters are beat writers who cover teams. So, like, we know one of the AP poll voters um, who writes for Auburn. So, like, he was at the Auburn game watching the Auburn game during the LSU-Texas game. Matt, uh, one of our listeners, Matt sent me a, a DM with some observations, and one of the things he mentioned was LSU is peaking too early. What are your thoughts on that? I, I hope that was LSU's peak because I don't know how much better they can get. I mean, I what, mean, what else do you want out of them? Like, can you get much better? Mm-hmm. Because because if that's the case and they start to tamper out or maybe get frustrated, that they're not able to like keep that level of production up. I think that only helps Auburn when they go to Baton Rouge in a few weeks. Absolutely, and t- it is worth noting Texas did put up thirty eight points on the LSU defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Delpit, incredible player. Not a great tackler. Okay. Um, I did see that from some NFL draft guys who were saying, like, when people are freaking out about how Grant Delpit's not, like, number one on their board or whatever, it's because he misses tackles in space. Sure. And I guess he missed a couple of them in the Texas game. Um, so the LSU defense definitely has some holes. Like, that you don't give up 38 points to anyone without having some holes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so LSU's riding high. I, I just can't see their stock going up anymore. And then on the other side of it, Clemson taking care of Texas A&M. I'm not near as impressed with Texas A&M anymore. If mm-hmm. I, I think Auburn and Clemson are on the same plane defensively. Now, All-time backdoor cover by A&M in that game. You're right. You're right. A lot of people lost a lot of money. I was very excited at the bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we do after the game live from Skybar, so I was at Skybar watching the end of that game before the Auburn game. Did you go crazy? Yeah. And then the guy next to me was like, do you have A&M? I was like, yep. He was like, did they just cover? I was like, yes, they did. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and then even like the line for the Auburn two-lane game, like it was right at yep. it. It's amazing Auburn to me. did cover. You know what they say, good teams win, great teams cover. Right, and I kind of want to say that to the Auburn fans that were frustrated with their performance, like not beating them bad enough or, or, or whatever. And my thing is like the best indicator on you know the, the divide of teams – is whatever spread Vegas puts. Like they know yeah. that better than anyone. And based on Vegas's logic, Auburn Auburn did cover. So they mm-hmm. beat them by as much as they were supposed to, according to Vegas, which is the best indicator of that. Yep. I, I totally like I'm very satisfied with this Auburn win. 
Um, people I know that called into after the game, right after the game, people on Twitter were not as happy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I don't really get it. Like. I'm going to sit here and be like, this Tulane football team is a good team. And while as they keep, they put up 40 points in week one and six in week two. Yeah. Like that, like you, I, you take that. I mean, that's a huge, that's a massive difference. And I get it. The, the difference in defenses between Florida International and Auburn is pretty massive. But this is not a bad Tulane team that Auburn just really handled. Yeah. Jeremiah Denson's interception was a thing of beauty. Jeremiah Denson. He's, Should, a, he's a freak. He's awesome. He's yeah. been he has been the most impressive defensive player on Auburn's team through two weeks. Whoa. I don't think I agree with that. He's up there though. Do, I, have we heard anything about Noah? I know he w- went off the field late in the game, was holding on to his back a little bit. I'm sure he's fine. I think he was I think he talked to the media afterwards too, I think. So if he was that bad off, they wouldn't have um put him out there. But I mean, yeah. My, my most impressive defender. I mean, Denson's up there. Noah's up there. I love that chair because it just squeaks. It's it's like the chair on the like desk here with mm-hmm. that the microphone sitting on. Mm-hmm. I guess I could like move it back. No, don't. I like it. I think it adds something to it. I'm just so impressed with the linebackers. And they have been incredibly impressive. The defensive line has been incredibly impressive. Also, Trucell got the start. By the way, did you see that? Uh, I did not, but I'm also not surprised. Uh, Dan and I were surprised because number 97. There's a guy that it was a defensive lineman that I had I didn't even know existed, like Gary Walker or something like that. Came in and made a great play. Yeah, he's a scholarship guy now, but he, yeah, he was a walk on for a while. And and Dan and I were like, you know, all summer, the last six months or whatever, we've talked about the depth on this defensive line, and we've rattled off all these guys, and no one's ever said that guy's name, and he comes in on. You know, first or second down and makes a good play. Yeah, and he's been around for a while, but he's always just kind of been on cleanup duty. You know, yeah. the backup platoon that comes in. But good for him for uh, fighting just, his way. It to, just like that just speaks to the depth of the defensive line that you're comfortable with a guy who this whole offseason we've talked about the depth of the defensive line and no one has brought up his name and that's a guy in on first or second down. Yeah. Not like he's some specialist for third. Down. I mean, he's in there on an important down and he's making a big play. So. I, I'm not. This game did not worry me at all by at by any means. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I think the offense needs to get better, but I think steps are being taken in the right mm-hmm. direction there. So Auburn opens this week as a 34 and a half favorite against Kent State, also known as the Woody Barrett Revenge Game. Mm-hmm. People have been saying that. That's the word on the street. Yeah, people have been calling it that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starting here on the Auburn podcast. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, the Locked On Auburn podcast. Still mm-hmm. not quite used to it. Yeah, we can cut that out. Yeah, we'll cut it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this one should be the first game for Auburn that we really get to see a lot of the backups play. Oh, the other thing that came out of this game. Okay. If anyone tries to tell me that Joey Gatewood looked amazing and should get more playing time and blah, 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 because he was in there for like seven plays in the last four minutes of a game, I'm going to lose my mind. I think Joey Gatewood should play more. Uh, like the guy had a good run and then handed the ball off a couple times. I absolutely times. think Joey Gatewood should play more. Groot. Like, uh, it, yeah, I, okay. I, I just. We, I th- we can disagree on it, but I do think he should play more. And it's interesting to me the whole clock issue. What was that like on the TV broadcast? There was no clock. It's wild. It's bizarre. There's a $13 million screen and you can't keep time with it. It's fascinating to me. 
I don't. We were lots of booze in the stadium. So like we were saying, or like I said, like we were watching at the boys. Dan and I couldn't really hear the announcers all that well. Sure. So we had no idea what was going on. There was just like a random stoppage in play for like five minutes, and then there was a clock problem. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was not an impressive outing, that's for sure. But oh well, yeah. Hey, you know, first game of the season. There's some 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 kinks you got to work out. I guess. I, I mean, I, I truly am glad it was against a lesser opponent like mm-hmm. that because if they would have opened up against. LSU or or, yeah. or or somebody like that, that would have been an issue. I think it would have been a lot bigger deal mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, like every few minutes, the ref would come on his, on his mic and just kind of give people an update on what the clock was. But it's just, that was kind of embarrassing, honestly. It's just like, what are you doing? But where can people find you and hear you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Couch Potato, and then they can hear me on the SEC report um, on Thursdays, 7 to 9 p.m. on ESPN 106.7, and after the game, immediately after all of the Auburn football games, call in 334-321-1390 because uh, we need callers on that show I love for it, it to go really well. I'll also be hosting the lunch break three times this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlacker. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.